0: Wednesday, and welcome in, everybody, to Sports Talk. It is a beautiful day. Hope you're getting to enjoy it. It's not what we always get on November 2nd. It is sunny. It's pretty. It's a little bit breezy. Take it all in, and we welcome you to Sports Talk. Glad we could be along with you for a little bit. I am Scott Beatty, along with Lauren Tate. We're live at the Atkins Golf Club, the homegrown side, for the for the next two hours and then this will become the Brett Bielma show in a little while. The quarterback club is meeting here again for the second time this year. They're meeting on a Wednesday night for a dinner with the coach. Good to see you. Should have played him. golf today. We should have. Goodness. With the wind. Weather,
2: what kind of weather? Is it really November? It is November. Hmm. How do you think you'd shoot today? Well, I don't know how I'd shoot, but it'd be nice and comfortable out there. I'd say <laughs> that.
0: Perfect day. Lauren Tate's here with us. Coming up, Robert Rosenthal. From IlliniBoard.com, he'll join us here in the uh, Atkins Golf Club. And next hour, Evan Kahn's here, and so is Matt Sinclair, former Illini football player and has uh, been around in various coaching stops. He's back here in town, so he's going to visit with us at 6 o'clock. It's the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC and Colin Lykus and Joey Wright will lead you through that as the high school playoffs are into full swing on the football side of things. By the way, before months end, they will morph that show into the basketball side of things, and that will be happening on Monday nights later on in the month, and uh, we'll pair that, too, with the Brad Underwood show because high school basketball season is also almost upon us. It's crossover time, Lauren, and I, I... I believe there's a lot of anticipation about Illinois basketball for 2022-23. In fact, we're only five days from the season opener, and it almost feels like a bit of a distraction because of how this football team is going.
2: <laughs> well, I, I will tell you, I've thought less about basketball at this time of year than probably any year because there's so much to gain here and uh, you know the anticipation that you could wrap this thing up the next two Saturdays. Imagine 10, 12 days from now, it could be over
0: as far as getting into the playoff. Illinois would like Iowa to beat Purdue this weekend, but they don't need them to. They well, can win these two games and, and have control of the West. That's right. But I, but if Iowa beats
2: Purdue, that means everybody's got three losses in the conference except Illinois.
0: Yeah, because Illinois and, will have two
2: yeah. at most come. And, and at that point, all you'd have to do basically was is beat Northwestern, and you got it because you've you got to –
0: Anybody that ties Illinois is going to be out of luck. A couple of things going on today in the uh, world of sports. Of course, you got the uh, World Series tonight. That'll be just after seven o'clock. The surprising Phillies just handed it to the Astros last night. Boy, they're up two one.
2: Homers, weren't they?
0: Left and right. Not what I uh, not
2: what I predicted. How uh, many people were watching that game in the ninth inning? I wonder. Not many. Seven 0 nothing game, and uh, just a rout all the way. And it all, you know, just wins one home run after another. Five of them. Goes to show you just got to get in when it comes to football oh, yeah. or baseball. Yes, absolutely. And that's, what, that's why we're going from four playoff teams in football to 12. If you analyze where Illinois is right now, they're 16th. But they could easily be in the top 12 by the end of the season if things turned out right. And next year, for instance, they don't play Ohio State and Michigan during the season. That's a real shot, but there's only four teams allowed in. I'm just saying, if there were twelve, which will be in 2024, when 20, when 24 rolls around, you start out the season with an actual opportunity to, to to reach that
0: point. You don't have to win the Big Ten to do it. Last night, ESPN shows, uh, ESPN's show revealed the college football rankings and for where the for the playoff, and Illinois found out that they're one of the best teams that would not be in the playoffs if the season well, ended right now. Yeah, but it doesn't end right now. That's, That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. And, uh, you know, at 16, it, the FCS does 16 teams in their tournament, and it's single elimination. So if it was that style, Illinois, Illinois would be in, and they would be going to Tennessee. And the Big Ten is always slow to come around, what?
2: to what is obvious. For years, only one team went to a bowl game. In my early years here, only one yeah. team went. But well, you know what the problem was? Ohio State might go and Michigan couldn't go. They didn't like that. Or Michigan might go and Ohio State couldn't go. So they they managed to get the thing rolling to where a lot of teams could go to bowl games. And we thought that when more teams got to go to bowl games, this would help everybody with the extra
0: practice and the extra game. This would, this would make the, the league more balanced, which it isn't. <laughs> when I was young in the 1980s and the 1990s I grew up in a Michigan fan household okay? okay and uh and and I didn't know because even with even with cable I mean Michigan and Ohio state were on TV all the time mm-hmm. I didn't know that they were on TV all the time because because th- that's what the networks wanted <laughs> I just thought you could watch Michigan and how cool is that <laughs> And, uh, you know, and then I thought it was just a foregone conclusion that Michigan goes to the Rose Bowl every year because that's yeah. where we'd have a Rose Bowl party and Michigan would be there playing whoever else from, from the Pac-12. And, and, and the other schools didn't get the same kind of exposure.
2: Isn't it interesting when you think back how one individual, and in this case Schimbecker, turned a program or how Alvarez turned a program or how Hayden Fry turned a program that was just, you know, gone. And you just wonder could could this could Bima do this? It feels
0: like he's doing it. It's, and, it, it's and awful I, early to say that, but yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. It, it's been a season and, and a half, yeah. a season and two thirds. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know what point you say he's turned it around, but you know, how long do you have to say? But it, this feels like it's not as much of a fluke, even That's though right. when you when That's we right. were talking, you and I and several others in August we would have been very surprised by these results right now
2: yeah that's true but there was something that happened after about the fourth game last year when when Ryan Walters came downstairs from the from the booth upstairs and when he changed the defense a little bit from a even to an odd front from that moment on, they played so much better defense that it gave you the hope that maybe they could play that kind of defense again this year. We had no idea that the quarter, who the quarterback was going to be or that Chase Brown would be the number one rusher in the country. We didn't know about those things, but we did know that the defense was going to be pretty good. And that travels a lot. Yes, it does. But right now, Illinois is as balanced as anybody in terms of good offense and good defense. That's... that's that's a great quality. To, we don't I, I don't have any concerns on either side of the ball.
0: The committee uh acknowledged yesterday in that Illinois hasn't had what I believe they said necessarily signature. The, the signature win. Yeah through no fault of their own, but they like the look. And if they had had it, they may be ranked higher in the college football playoff. Well, if they had it, they'd have to win it. <laughs> and that's the other part. Well, yeah. And, and and it feels like for fans right now, they're already looking ahead to three weeks from now and will Illinois beat Michigan because that would be a heck of a signature win. That's a big task, and I think Michigan looks as good as anybody.
2: Well, yeah, they do. And, and they've got their eye on the big prize. But uh, Illinois right now, if they can get by, you know, just just one—it's been one game at a time, and it will continue to be so. And Michigan State has lost eight players now, and and including three or four who figure prominently in their defense, and uh, because of the tunnel incident, and you just don't know what you're going to get from them. I mean, they, they, you know, everybody could get together and and make that one great effort that you see sometimes when players get hurt or. You know, the, the, the team just plays out of its mind for one game, and this is that game. But we, we're catching them after they've played Ohio State and then Wisconsin and then Michigan. You couldn't ask for a better timing for the game because they're coming off three whoppers for them, and they lost them
0: all. If there's ever been a trap game for Illinois this year, this would be it in my mind because uh, – Did I say
2: they lost them all? Uh, I don't know. What did you – what? Michigan State beat Wisconsin, didn't they? So they didn't lose them all. Nope. Uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, no, they. I, I remember that last pass. I remember they they pulled that one out against Wisconsin. So this Michigan State's capable. I mean, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and you, you just have to treat it like any other game. You just got to play your best and try to. I, the, the thing that's going to be the, the biggest impact on the game, I think, is going to be the, the anticipated wind where they're talking about 30, 40 miles per hour maybe. And uh, that could affect the passing game quite a bit. But Illinois has got a good running game, and Michigan State will try to match it.
0: And, of course, the kicking game and Michigan State had all kinds of trouble with the snap uh, in the playoffs. Or I'm sorry, in the punt formation uh, with their operation there. So that figures in on this whole thing. But the, the psychology of this game is just weird because of the tunnel incident and uh, there's no way to really predict how that factors into a ball game. Illinois is the superior team. They should beat them. Does Michigan State kind of they become even more beatable and depleted because of what's happened, or do they sort of rally, it's us against the world kind of mentality?
2: Well, that's the part we don't know. I mean, yeah. obviously Illinois has a great advantage in this game. and There's no question about it that Michigan State's short key players, and hopefully uh, the Atlanta can pull it
0: off. What did you think of Bill Self? Well, Bill Self today uh, suspended by Kansas along with assistant Curtis Townsend for four games by Kansas as the Jayhawks also are imposing several recruiting restrictions. This is all part of the FBI investigation fallout going back to the college basketball recruiting scandal that was going to ruin but college basketball, by the way, uh, back in 2017. Didn't run it, did it? As far as I know, it is still uh, (laughs) thriving and and, and doing very well. Self will miss games against Omaha, North Dakota State, Southern Utah, and the showdown against Duke. Kofi got three games for what? Selling a jersey. (laughs) (laughs) But here is the good news. Here is the good news. He gets four games and Kofi gets three. Okay. Bill Self said in his statement that he and his assistant coach Townsend accept the and and they support Kansas's decision to self-impose these sanctions and feel they're in good hands with, with Coach Roberts. So, you know, just, just rest assured when you go to bed tonight that Kansas responded to what happened promptly within five years and, and that Bill Self is very comfortable with Kansas' decision to suspend him for four games.
2: By, what, by the way, what happened to his other assistant coach? He spent time in Huscal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they email back and forth from time to time. <laughs> You've got sports talk here. I'm Scott Patey, along with Lauren Tate. Hey, if you are in need of uh, something done in your home to look, make something look better, maybe you need something fixed, maybe you want to redo something, add on. May I commend to you, see you under construction. Um, they have won numerous awards now. They've become very popular in the community. Uh, their their showroom and all is right down on First Street down in Savoy. I encourage you to check them out. I think you'll like their work, and if you just go to their Facebook page, you can see some of the images, but more importantly, how they treat you, how they start from from start to finish, how they're thorough in their communication and handle the details uh, of everything. CU Under Construction, very unique company. They've got CU Trades with them in-house, so they have a whole team of experts to work on any project that you need in your home. CUUnderConstruction.com. When we come back, Robert Rosenthal is here from IlliniBoard.com. He's probably feeling sunny like today about Illinois football. We'll get his thoughts in a moment.
1: You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this
0: is Connor Steidinger from Prairie Central Wrestling. Download the News Gazette mobile app today for the latest breaking news, local sports, podcasts, and more. Thanks for joining us on Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty along with Lauren Tate here at the Atkins Golf Club. The Illini Quarterback Club is starting to gather. They're going to have their meal in a little bit, and then they'll hear... In the 6 o'clock hour, the program, Cam Cox, is going to uh, speak to them about NIL, new NIL news coming down. There's now a class being provided by the Geese College of Business for student-athletes on name, image, and likeness. How about that? That's how much this has flipped around. Right now, it's time to visit with Robert Rosenthal, IlliniBoard.com, at Illini on Twitter. Robert, you have famously uh, called yourself uh, one of the 17, meaning one of the 17 people that cares more about football, Illinois football, than <laughs> Illinois basketball. But that doesn't mean you don't like Illinois basketball. It just means you have a great love for Illinois football first in your heart. My question is this. Do you think the number gone to 18
1: or 19? I, I think we're in the 20s now. <laughs> headed, for, headed for 30. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it it started as just this thing I put in my Twitter bio because I needed a Twitter bio. And I'm like, I'm one of the 17, you know, this and that. And it just became this thing where people will say, you know, I'll I'll be at a game. I'll walk across the parking lot and people will scream, hey, Robert, I'm one of the 17, you know. So (laughs) I've heard that more than 17 times, so I'm assuming we're. We're higher than 17 at this point.
0: I know. It's like the people, the number of people that were at the game where Illinois beat Wisconsin, the, uh, yes. the attendance numbers keep going up. Yes.
1: I, I mean, look at this room here. There's a lot more than 17 in the yeah. quarterback club. So,
0: But I am wondering <laughs> if um, there is room on the bandwagon for you.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I want to see – look, this stadium, what was the Missouri game in 84? 78,000 people. And, you know, they've taken away seats and this and that. And, yes, they built the tower and they reduced the size of the horseshoe and they reduced the size of this. And now the capacity is 60,600 or whatever. I would love to see it get back to, you know, the, the capacity is still there. I'd love to see them expand the horseshoe and take the seats all the way down to the back of the south end zone and everything else. I mean, this is, you know, the potential has always been here to have a Wisconsin, to have the same stadium that Nebraska has. Uh, it's just the program hasn't been there, uh, and, you know, maybe that's changing. There's always a feeling
0: amongst – I think this is true of any fan base, but people will say it as part of the Illinois fan base. Well, when is the other shoe going to drop? And I want to posit to you that there is no other shoe.
1: Uh-huh. I was going to be my response as, as soon as you said that because, you know – Six and six is a celebration in Champaign, right? I mean, and that could be the case for five to seven years until that's sustained and then you go up the next level. You know, so if the worst case scenario happens from the here on out, and it won't, but if the worst case scenario were to happen and they would lose four straight and only finish seven and five, that's still the best, the single best season since 2007. I mean, it, it would still be the first winning season guaranteed seven regular season wins in 15 years. So because of that, you know, everything for the rest of the season is gravy. I mean, however high this program climbs, however high this team climbs, it's all gravy because we have crossed the threshold that every fan needed to be crossed, which is qualify for a bowl game and have a winning season.
2: Okay, Michigan State Saturday, coming in eight, minus eight players, mostly defensive players. How do you see that impacting the game?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like the mental side might be more than just the – the actual players that are missing. I mean, I think back to even the COVID season when they would – you know, you see some team that's missing six guys from COVID and everything is just a mess. Like, you know, we think of what Illinois looked like immediately after the Beckman thing came down and all the mess. That when a program is thrown into scandal like that, sometimes it's like, you know, you you lose the team. You lose the locker room. It's not there. So Or could it
2: be a cornered team that feels like they, you know –
1: it's a good point. I mean, to me, this game, after just looking at the weather forecast a few hours ago, you know, this this game might just be about the weather. It's possible that it is. You know, this could be one of those games that's suspended because a thunderstorm rolls through at at three oh. thirty p.m. You know, it, it could high winds. Yes, and high winds. Yes, it's November. It's Champagne. Brad Bilma probably hasn't seen this kind of game yet. He uh, should
2: have moved you know. the game up to today. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> what a perfect yeah, day. Saturday
1: or Friday is supposed to be like 76 degrees. Oh, be man. But let's play Friday. Yes. But, um, yes, I mean, we all know the Champagne wins. We all know the games where, you know, we remember the game where a team, I think it was Wisconsin took the wind both halves, you know, refused to take the ball after, you know, they declined to take the ball both halves so they could choose the wind direction in the second half. We, we've seen these games in Champaign, and we're about to have another one.
0: Well, I, it obviously would impact the kicking game, but also the throwing game.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: uh, Illinois, uh, you know, Jeremy yesterday told us, well, you know, that may favor Illinois because they like the short passing
1: game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the place where it might benefit Michigan State, and if I if I were to have a worry about this game, is they have a really good punter. A punter who no one seems to remember was here for one semester and then transferred to Michigan State when Blake Hayes was at it. Um, and, you know, if, if this kid has a good punting day and he knows this stadium, uh, that could get a little tricky because... You know, if these are these winds straight out of the south, it's one of those when you have the wind at your back, you can punt at 85 yards, and when you have the wind in your face, you've got to hit the the Blake Hayes low spinning bullet um, to even get it to go 35 yards. So, yeah, I,
2: I do remember the day when uh, Ray Allen, I don't know about Pete, would punt on third down uh, with the wind because it wouldn't be a safety back. They'd quick kick with Edelman or whoever the kicker might sure. be and, and just yep. straight snap and kick, and then the ball would hit and bounce 30 yards.
1: Yep. Yep, it's that kind of a thing of you know, if if it's close to the end of the quarter, you're gonna see a lot of timeouts before punts if it's that kind of wind game. You know, if there's thirty five mile an hour winds coming out of the south, we know what that we know how that whips around this stadium, we know what that's like, we know how it gets funneled like directly between the two stands. You know, we we've seen that kind of game before.
2: What about Barker? Hmm. <laughs> uh, there is a tight end playing for Michigan State this year who scored the winning touchdown for Illinois against Michigan State.
1: Yes, yes, in in that end zone with six seconds left. I, in the,
0: in the uh, last game that they played against yeah. each other. They haven't yeah. played each other since that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Like if he were to, on Michigan State's first play, if they were to throw to him, I wonder if that would have ever happened in a – in a in a football game where one game the guy catches the last pass and the next game he catches a pass for the other team, um, but yeah, it's you know it's interesting. I don't think it's that much of the story of this game. Um, you know, I just like I don't think the Northwestern game will be much about Donnie Navarro. Mm-hmm. He, he had his chance to stay. They decided to leave. Um, you know, Michigan State's what one and four in the Big Ten, and Illinois is four and one. So. Doesn't look like the greatest uh, decision at this moment. But, uh, you know, it's not something that I I don't – I'll be honest. I'm more more worried about Bryce Berger, the punter, than I am about Barker.
0: You know, they had all kinds of snap troubles, though, last week. Yes. Uh, Michigan State did on the punt. Yes. So he's probably worried about his his snapper. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) But, again, you know, look, if it is raining and if it is windy – It changes a lot of this game to who's going to hold on to the ball, who's going to fumble. It's the Dre Brown game at Purdue. Yes, yes. Probably not mudslides of 30 yards, but – um, you know, maybe <laughs> turf slides of fifteen yards. Hydroplaning. Uh, yes, it could be. And again, yeah, when
0: are you down? By the way, if you hydroplane fifteen <laughs> right. yards, right. where you touch? Right.
1: <laughs> and we've all. I mean, we know Champagne, right? Like there have been those games that we think are going to be rain games, and the front moves through two hours earlier, whatever, and it's just a, a cold, windy kind of day. So th- these are. Look, it's November in Champagne. Like I said, this is this is what. I've, you know, I've written so many articles about the wind in the past. that like The very unique thing to November football in Champaign is you're almost always going to get a 25-mile-an-hour wind game. Um, and the way the stadium is aligned and the way the, the two stands are, ask any ref who's worked a game here, ask any players who worked a game here. When those winds are whipping around the horseshoe, it's really hard to play football.
0: It's nothing on a March baseball day in Illinois Field, but that's another story. <laughs> Speaking of stories, you uh, always are one for it. And and I guess Brett Bielma didn't mean for the poetry of the moment as much as we took it, but Sidney Brown ends up dotting the victory formation for Illinois last Saturday. And it ends up being a game where he has his best game of his Illinois career. And one of his key interceptions leads to two plays later, his brother, who's having a Heisman-type season, scoring a key touchdown. So... Do you appreciate the poetry of that moment, or just a coincidence?
1: I 100% do, and I hope that in 20 years that that's the thing we remember from this season. I mean, how crazy is it to have a set of twins where the best offensive player is one twin and possibly the best defensive player is another twin? I mean, how, how, how many teams get to have that? I think I've told this story on a Tuesday when I've joined you guys in the past this season. I had a friend. He's an old Miss fan. He, I talked to him in August. He's like, "All right, give me the give me the elevator pitch for Illinois football in 2022." What do I need to know if I'm flipping through the channels and I see Illinois? What do I need to know? And I said, "That's easy. You know, it could be the best offensive player and the best defensive player are identical twins, and I mean identical twins to where if they didn't if they still have the same haircut, they could probably switch places and not many people would know." Um, to to where like I, I did my list before the season of you know I count down from ninety to one of who's the most important player and I had Sidney Brown two and I had Chase Brown one, you know to me that's the story of this season and for them and all they went through in the Canada and not seeing their mom for two years because of COVID and everything else for them to have this final season together is just incredible.
0: And Pat Forty wrote a fascinating story in Sports Illustrated. Yeah. I think some of it was new. It was new to me at least. Do you know why Chase Brown went to Western Michigan? Because he wanted to be a pilot. And he didn't know that the scholarship doesn't cover flight fees, which are sizable. Tens of thousands of dollars. I know because when Parkland College took over the uh, Institute of Aviation and my wife works at Parkland and I benefit with free tuition to parkland for anything i want mm-hmm. i was also told yeah that doesn't count that doesn't count toward flight. <laughs> i i'm gonna go get a you were thinking license. It was pilot license free pilot yes <laughs> yes that doesn't count so chase brown i just i i feel your pain yep. uh and, and and that leads in part to him you know sydney says well illinois has been good to me why don't you come here yep. and of course the covid year keeps sydney here and, and, and the whole thing and uh they're just they're just can't be much of a better story. I know there's other stories. Everybody's got a story. Well, I think, is
2: there any chance he returns? That's the question. Yeah, I don't. I mean, especially
1: since Sydney's done, I feel yeah, like they're both going to go out together. The most interesting thing to me, thinking back, so first practice of training camp in 2019. So this is August of 2019. Lovey had moved practices from Rantoul to the, I think they call it the Florida Avenue uh, it was like Florida for athletics. Yes, the athletic fields way out there just past the softball stadium, just past the tennis courts, all, all those way out there is where they were holding training camp. I drove up at, you know, still my job in St. Louis at the time. I took the week off. I come to the very first practice, and I remember at that first practice, we learned about two guys. A, uh, Sidney Brown's brother, Chase, had transferred in from Western Michigan. We didn't even know. He's just out there on the field. And, and he can't play. Right. And B, there's some cornerback out there who signed the day before yeah. named Devin Witherspoon who came out of nowhere wasn't wasn't known wasn't on any of the recruiting lists Skinny they had an extra scholarship <laughs> yeah. and here's this so I'm you know I know the roster up and down I know backwards and forwards I know all the numbers you know Chase was wearing 28 at the time so I'm like who's 28 and who's 31 who are these guys Those guys 4 years later are possible high round draft picks possibly leading Illinois to its best season in 20 years I mean those it's such a crazy story that the two you know the the defensive player like Spoon who's getting the most national recognition and the offensive player like Chase who's getting the most national recognition were two guys who just joined the team on August 1st you know unknown to you know we have recruiting sites now we have lists magazines everything else and that's the two guys
0: Robert Rosenthal here with us from IlliniBoard.com. Do you allow yourself to think past Michigan State because if Iowa wins, well, if Illinois wins this week, they're playing for a, a division clinching. If Iowa wins this week, regardless of what Illinois does, right, the math is Illinois is playing for a division clinch next week.
1: Yep, correct.
0: What's a Robert Rosenthal going to do if the Illini clinch?
1: I have no breaks to uh, this season. I have taken the brakes off of my vehicle. I'm headed downhill. Uh, I, it, <laughs> coach actually referenced this on his radio show last week that like, he referenced my Twitter and says that I don't have, you know he has to pay attention to the team and complacency and starting to think they're too good, for me, I don't have to. So my brain has gone to okay, it's November now. For the first time in 30 years, this football program enters November controlling its own destiny for the entire season. Okay, November of 1990, Illinois was number five, and then the Nick Bell game happens. You know, when Illinois was number five having to beat Colorado, that was a, look, anything is in front of this program, November. That hasn't happened in 30 years. There's always been a, okay, well, they're six and two. They can have a really good season. Or, you know, in 2001, yeah, that, that first that loss to Michigan kind of hurts you, but th- there's still a lot to play for here. This year, Illinois – Everything is still open out there. If they win these next two games and wrap up the Big Ten West, then they're looking at the final three games and saying, look, it's really hard to do, but if we were to beat Michigan, Northwestern, and Ohio State, we probably get in the playoff. Do I think that's going to happen? No. I'm just saying we are in November, the month of November, with an Illinois team that has everything still in front of it. Well, the I, last 30 years it's all been eliminated. Now it's not.
0: To get in the playoff, I think they need some help.
1: I don't think so. I think if you had a well, win over Northwestern, or sorry, you had a win over Michigan, and then you had a win over Ohio State, you're in. It's over. In my mind, none, nothing else matters if you were to beat those two teams. The Are you pro- going to beat those two teams with a five percent chance. The only
2: problem with that is there. If Oregon just finishes out strong and yes. and wins out there, can you keep Oregon out of there? And can you keep two teams out of the SEC out? Because Oregon and had and can lost you to keep Georgia. TC, and, if
1: TCU finishes undefeated, they're going to be in it. I think because of two wins over two top five teams, it would lean to Illinois because it would be two wins. Yeah. Is that going to happen? I think, As I'm saying this, I know people are going to repeat it back to me on Twitter in two weeks. Oh, that's the guy who thought Illinois was going to beat both Ohio State and Michigan. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's still out there that if you do that and it's you have a win possible. over somebody who's number two or somebody who's number four or maybe they're even number three and number one at the time when you beat them, mm-hmm. then that's the type of thing that would convince the committee this team needs to be in there.
0: Can you stay with us? I can. We're going to take a break. Robert Rosenthal with us here at the Alina Quarterback Club gathering at Atkins. Back after this.
1: You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hi, this is Tyler Crowe from Prairie Central Basketball. Get the award-winning News & delivered to your home for four-digital
2: items. Go to newsnet.com and click on subscribe.
0: All right, we continue on Sports Talk. We're live at Atkins Golf Club in Urbana, the quarterback club, getting ready to meet here at Homegrown. Brett Bielmo will be along a little bit later, and uh, we'll have his radio show here as well with Brian Barnhart. Uh, guys, this just coming across the pike. By the way, the guys are Lauren Tate and Robert Rosenthal. Pete Thamel reporting that Gonzaga's AD, Chris Stanford has met with Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormack. You know where this is going. Oh, my in person in Texas, did it last week about Gonzaga potentially joining the Big 12. It's part of a broader discussion that has unfolded in recent weeks between the Big 12 and Gonzaga. Dana O'Neill from The Athletic says an industry source confirms the report and says the conversations are, quote, real but exploratory. For basketball only? Well, maybe everything. Obviously, they don't have football. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean, that, that's the first thought is, like, how do you – I mean, I know the Big East does that, but – how would you even make a basketball-only Big Twelve work? I can't planes. I mean, I get it, but like, <laughs> like the whole revenue model comes from football money. So how does that? Yeah. I, well, that pulls them out of that really weak league into a very good basketball
2: league. I yep. mean, if it if it happens, but it's got to be. I mean, I shouldn't say this because it it could be anything, but it sounds to me like basketball only.
1: Yeah. So that, I, I, I don't know how I would, unless they were going to start a football program or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to wrap my brain around that.
0: I mean, there's some piece of money that's probably valuable to have Gonzaga in your league in, in, in basketball, playing well, Kansas regularly oh, and, and, absolutely. in Texas. Sure. In, uh, or not Texas, excuse me, but uh, your Texas Techs or whatever. No, you we're got Baylor. Baylor.
2: you got a lot of good teams in that Big 12. Uh,
1: but we've been moving everything else toward, you know, conferences built around football schools and basketball, too. So it's, it's difficult to understand how they would, you know, yes, there's some money, and yes, you know, Notre Dame is a official ACC member when it comes to basketball, and they play that regular schedule, but still, football is what's, you know, driving all of this insanity.
2: Gonzaga can make a, make a lot more money in basketball in the Big 12 than they can make out West. Right. But
1: I don't, you know, is it worth it for the Big 12?
0: Mm-hmm. Apparently, at least they've gone on a few dates, it sounds like. Uh, I guess so, yes. But I don't know if they're engaged. Yes. Um, this, uh, our, our producer, Ed, posited this. The, the what if, if Michigan somehow upends Ohio State and Illinois plays Michigan twice. Yes, yes. Two weeks apart. What do you think of that? Very possible.
1: It, yeah, I mean, it's very possible. Uh, I. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Th- there's there's the scenario of Illinois beats Michigan and then faces Michigan again just because they win that game. You know, like like when you when you get to the point of there's one game at Tyberg, it's like the Purdue thing. You know, in a sense Illinois what they do against Michigan State or what have you, in a sense doesn't matter because there's a two game swing with if you lose to Purdue, then you need basically a you know that's like two losses basically. Mm-hmm. You know, so in the same sense you know, Ohio State could be sitting pretty if Michigan loses one game, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Michigan could go in and take the Big Ten title game away from them.
0: Michigan is obviously, the, of the remaining opponents, the strongest. Yes. In the regular season. But of the other three, which I really think is of the other two. Yep. Which I think is probably of the other one, <laughs> which is the most concerning. You just answered your <laughs> Oh, question. darn it. Yes.
1: Stinking extroversion. Yes. I mean, it's, it's crazy that uh, – Michigan State, I mean, we heard Ryan Walters on Monday, right? Like, he said, this is the best wide receivers we're going to face. These are the best offensive line we think we're going to face. You know, they're concerned about the offense and how they can move the ball, and, you know, they have the the top receivers that they have faced, and he got up on the mic and said that. So, that's something to pay attention to. Um, You know, I don't know what, if he would then say the same thing about Purdue or, or what have you, but I'm not ready to salt this game away just yet, even though the line has moved to a crazy amount. There's the weather, there's the punting, there's everything else. Things could get crazy on a windy Saturday in Champaign. November but yes.
2: football in the Big Ten is different than September football. Yes. It just is, always yes. has been, and likely to be Saturday. And, uh,
0: folks, let me tell you, having worked with Lauren for a few years, Lauren's usually right. Mm-hmm. I know some people are out there remembering that time you were wrong, but Lauren's usually right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay? Yep.
1: Yep, I, I mean, I can't remember. <laughs> I have always argued that the Big Ten is built the way the Big Ten is built, and the Big Ten West teams are all identical because of weather. Because mm-hmm. yes, down they, at they Baylor, build
2: them, they build them for the late season. Yes,
1: at, at Baylor, yes, on on November nineteenth at Baylor, you can still throw the ball and run your high speed offense. You cannot do that in Minneapolis on November nineteenth. Yeah. And because of that, and because of Iowa City, and because of Evanston, and because of Champaign, and because Madison. of Madison, yeah, and Madison and everything else, that the, these teams are built to, you know, do well in this kind of weather.
0: All right, before I let you go, I'm being too told here, tickets are very limited at this point. Mm-hmm. I've been told by a, a person from uh, familiar with the situation from Illinois Athletics, tickets are very, very limited through the primary means mm-hmm. getting very close to a uh, closer and closer to the goal of his sellout. The problem
2: right now is, is the students haven't taken all of theirs. Yeah.
0: I yeah. think the non-student the, the North tickets North are okay more The spillover area, I guess, is not filled.
1: Well, I'm going to buy Lauren two tickets for his birthday tomorrow, and then, we can, <laughs> uh, and then he doesn't have to sit on the press box. He can sit out there in the wind and the rain.
2: <laughs> there you go. I've done that. I sat there in the rain a lot of times, <laughs> and, but I'm not going to do it anymore. i
0: bet you not. <laughs> we got to run here. Uh, Robert, thanks a lot. Thank enjoy the rest. Uh, enjoy the meal. Enjoy the quarterback club. I will. Thanks, guys. We're back in a moment. Sports Talk.
1: You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Join us tonight on DWS and our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, the Brett Milam, radio show live with the quarterback club out of the Atkins Golf Club in band, 7 to 8 tonight.
0: Our number two of Sports Talk is on the way. We'll visit with Matt Sinclair, also Evan Kahn, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Here's the news.